Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. This week was the final week of the largest functional fitness competition in the world, the CrossFit Open. In this five-week competition, over 400,000 athletes from widely varying fitness levels signed up and competed by performing the workouts in front of a judge at a gym or submitting a video online. These workouts were supposed to test a person's overall fitness by challenging them with weekly workouts that would have had to have been performed for time or scored by the amount of repetitions they could complete in an allotted amount of time. The top athletes in each region from around the world would go into regionals, where they would compete for a chance to go to the CrossFit Games in the summer. More locally, there are functional fitness competitions popping up at CrossFits and similar gyms all over the place where both teams and individuals show up to compete in a broad range of fitness challenges including gymnastics elements, heavy lifts, strongman style events, and sprint workouts. While at one time I competed in both the open and in local competitions, over the past four years I've had mixed feelings about making fitness a sport. There are some things that I like about it, some things that I don't like about it, and some things that I find downright absurd and dangerous about it. We'll get into all of it today. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So I want to start us off today with a little bit of my experience with competing in fitness. Uh, My last year competing in the CrossFit Open was actually in 2014. So I'd been a CrossFit Level 1 trainer since 2012, and I I competed in the 2013 Open. And by 2014, I was on a team that had a chance to go to regionals if all of our scores individually were high enough. Uh, That year, the workouts were not super heavy with the exception of a certain deadlift workout, which is actually a lift in my wheelhouse. So by the end of it, I ended up in 174th place in a region of 10,000 men. And worldwide, I was in the top 1.5% of of the 2.5 to 300,000 CrossFitters that competed that year. Now, I would have had to have been in the top 48 in our region to have gone to regionals as an individual. But my score was high enough that I would have made it as a team member. However, as a team, our scores weren't quite high enough to go on to that next round. So we didn't make it, obviously. Uh, Preparing for this competition, though, I had a coach. I had practiced all of the previous year's events. Uh, I stressed out a lot. I lost sleep. And that was before the competition even started. Once it started, honestly, I was consumed by it. I was so nervous before the announcement of every workout then on Thursdays at work, I really had a hard time concentrating. And then it would be all I would think about on Fridays as, along with my teammates, we strategized and practiced the workouts before completing them on Saturdays, either taking a video of them and submitting it or performing them in front of a judge and having it sent in that way. So several of the workouts, I actually complete, I did the workouts twice, completed them twice to get a better score on that second time. Probably worst of all is, though, I went on vacation with my wife and her family to Las Vegas, and I had to complete one of the workouts out there at CrossFit Las Vegas. Uh, That workout ended with me vomiting in a dumpster in a desert with uh, a tumbleweed rolling past me. And for a second, I thought, why am I doing this? Or Actually, at first I thought, am I dead? And then second, why am I doing this? And that was a thought that honestly had come up many times before, but like always, I just pushed it aside. 
I immediately thought about redoing this workout when I got home from the trip, and it legitimately affected my time on the trip. And looking back, I wish I had not competed because I would have really enjoyed my time a lot more with my family instead of stressing out about a, a competition to see who can exercise the fastest. For real, that's honestly what it comes down to. Who can exercise the fastest is what the competition is about. Anyway, after the fifth week of workouts and I realized how close I was to making it to regionals, uh, and we didn't make it, but we knew we were kind of close, my teammate and I, we met with our coach and we immediately started planning out how to address our weaknesses over the next year so that we could be competitive in the 2015 Open and make a run for it again as a team, but maybe even make it as individuals. So we sat down, we planned out our entire year, and I saw when I looked at what I was going to have to do to get ready for this that really no part of my training looked enjoyable. I was going to have to steer away from the things I was really good at in order to get better at the things I was bad at, like Olympic lifting and heavier lifts, in order to be more competitive that following year. So I started out on this plan for a few months before I remembered why I started working out in the first place. So I used to do it because I loved it and because it was fun. And now it was starting to feel like another job. I was getting hurt from overtraining. My priorities were way off. I wasn't enjoying the gym as much anymore. So I decided then to not compete in the open anymore after that. I still did some local competitions with some friends as a team because it wasn't as stressful and I really didn't have to train that as hard for them. Uh, and we weren't as competitive when we went to those competitions. We just had fun with it. But even after that, after a couple of competitions where I saw athletes getting seriously injured trying to push for a good score on workouts that were poorly designed, I was done with it. I've seen people tear pec muscles, uh, falling out of rings on muscle-ups when their shoulders are too tired and they're trying to do these reps for the sake of a good score. I've seen people fall off pull-up bars. I've seen uh, shredded hands slipping on blood-covered barbells. And these were local competitions with minor prizes awarded to the, the winners. It's not like we were professional athletes competing in these. So all of that, the open and the, and the local competitions, all led me down this road of searching for what functional fitness really meant to me as a coach and as an athlete, and whether or not competition with other people or competition with myself was the most important aspect of my fitness. Because I'm super competitive. Like if I do yoga, I have to beat everybody at yoga. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna relax so much harder than you in this class. I'm gonna totally win by the time we're done this. That's my mindset when I take any type of class or do anything fitness related. I'm very competitive, but I realized that constantly comparing my fitness to others in a very narrow sport that's really only important to the people in it was wrong, and it was actually making me less fit by becoming this athlete in this sport that was supposed to be about general physical preparedness or making you better at everything. So eventually after some training injuries, I created a method that I use for straight shot. And this actually helped me become stronger and faster. I'm more mobile, I'm more athletic, I'm more relaxed, I'm more balanced. I'm overall much fitter than I ever was on other programs back when I competed. So a lot of the issues I have with competing come from this bad experience I had personally but I do know a lot of people who share my sentiment, and that's why I wanted to talk a little, a little bit about this today. I wouldn't say that the competitions in and of themselves are horrible, because while seeing who can exercise the fastest doesn't make a lot of sense to me, 
I do understand why people enjoy it, and I have seen firsthand the kind of lifestyle transformations people have had as a result of a community coming together and competing and supporting each other. So rather than totally diss the CrossFit Open, I decided to get involved a while back, and I worked as a judge for the past few CrossFit Open uh, seasons, where I would help athletes warm up correctly, I would give them tips to stay safe while competing, I would help them actually during the workouts as I was judging them, make sure that they were slowing down when they needed to and focusing on their form. I I made prep videos for athletes around the world on YouTube to try to make this competition safe and fun for, for everyone who was doing it. And then during our adoption process, we had a fundraiser that was a functional fitness competition. And I personally designed all of the workouts and then I released them well ahead of the competition date so the athletes could prepare well and practice these workouts. And then I also made the workouts lower skill and with moderate weights so I could make make this thing as safe as possible even though the athletes would be working extremely hard during it. So I think these competitions have a place for people who enjoy them. They just need to be done correctly. And we'll get into that when we get into the bad and the ugly about uh, CrossFit competitions. But I do want to highlight the good in them and offer solutions to problems I see, not just bashing a sport that a ton of people enjoy. So we've got the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start off for the bad. Aside from what I've said before, there are a few specific things. First being the programming or the design of the workouts. We have coaches with a CrossFit certification that takes a weekend to obtain, creating workouts for a lot of different athletes, and their goal is to completely crush people. They're combining super heavy weights with high repetition movements and complex skills to try to seem creative or hardcore because their workouts are just so freaking hard. Like anybody can create a super hard workout that crushes people. It's really not that difficult to do. What is difficult is creating workouts that are challenging but both beneficial and safe for the athletes doing it. So high repetition box jumps after heavy squats isn't responsible. Someone's going to fall off of a box and scrape their shins up or hit their face on it. Uh, Muscle ups after a ton of overhead movements, you're just asking for shoulder issues to happen there. Handstand push-ups after a crap ton of pull-ups that fatigue the shoulder girdle, again, you're asking for problems here. Coaches owe it to their own athletes to program smarter, and they need to do the same when it comes to fitness competitions. I know the argument is, oh, this is functional fitness. In life, you're not going to have the perfect situation to perform physically in. And I, I do understand that. But I'm not sure about you all. My life doesn't include me sprinting 400 meters, then flipping upside down and doing a handstand walk over to snatching a barbell that mind you, is specifically designed for certain lifts and then hopping on a rower before going through these movements in a cycle to get a score after 10 minutes. Like Functional fitness competitions are a sport. They're not real life. Doing these movements will make you better at everyday things. But trying to do them as fast as you can in an odd combination just because it's hard isn't doing anything. The creator of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, once said, the magic is in the movements, the art is in the programming. I could not agree more with this phrase. Outside of some CrossFit movements, I absolutely love the exercises in the program. I just don't see that much art to the construction of these workouts. And because it's a competition that has to be judged, you need movement standards. So this is then going to limit what movements you can actually do. So we're talking about art of your magic of these movements a lot of these magical movements aren't even in 
these competitions because things like twisting and side-to-side movements, which are extremely beneficial, they're hard to judge. So they're non-existent in these fitness programs or fitness competitions just because they're difficult, if not impossible, to judge the starting and ending range. And you can't do them very quickly. And a lot of exercises you're not supposed to be doing quickly. There's certain exercises that are better to do slow. So honestly, I don't have a solution for this. It's just something that really bothers me. I even brought it up in my last CrossFit recertification because I've been certified now for six years. I had to redo uh, my certification every five years. I asked them, I said, well, why don't we move side to side? Because that's really functional. And why don't we twist? The majority of low back injuries happen in the transverse plane, which is when you twist. Why are we only moving forward and backwards as CrossFitters? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, so when it comes to different movements... A lot of times, the creators of a competition want to throw something new at the athletes. But they do this by throwing in something like an atlas stone or some odd implement that these athletes don't have at their gym. And then they expect these athletes not to get hurt by going super heavy with a high heart rate. When this athlete really should be learning this odd object or this side-to-side or twisting lift in a less metabolically and mechanically stressed situation. So we definitely need to be moving in all of these different planes. But... That's, I mean, they're hard to throw into a competition, and when they do throw them in, the athletes have never done them before, and it just wrecks them or, or hurts them in these competitions. Another issue I have is that most competitions require you to sign up before you have any idea what the workouts will be. And nobody wants to lose their money and back out if these events look like they're beyond their skill level, or if the events look outright unsafe, but... Your money's already in. You've already paid for it. And, and most people don't drop out. So my solution here to all of this stuff that I think is, is the kind of the bad about uh, competitions, functional fitness competitions, we need to have smarter programming by limiting the combination of uh, high skill, high weight, high repetition movements, especially if the athlete's heart and breathing rate are extremely taxed. This may require inexperienced coaches to hire outside help when they're making the workouts for these competitions. My other thought or solution would be you need to announce the workouts before the athletes actually have to pay to sign up. And I know this goes against the be ready for anything mantra, but I th- think about any other sport. You don't show up to a track meet and have no clue what distance you're going to be running. Or uh, instead of running uh, 100 meters, you're going to run uh, 110 meters. Like just so, throw something surprising at them that they're going to have to mentally. Uh, change their pattern for to complete. They know where they're getting into. If we're athletes and functional fitness is a legitimate sport, then they sh- the athletes should be told what the comp- what the events are going to be. Even if it's a few weeks before, they need to know what they're getting into. Then the com- competitors can practice and actually be ready for these events and know where they need to slow down or where they can speed up so they don't get hurt. The next thing we have is competition being the only thing that athletes are concerned about. This means every time they step in the gym, it's a competition to see who can move the fastest. And a lot of lifts are better if you don't move as fast as you possibly can. But when you're training for a competition, this is how you have to train to gain that sport-specific conditioning. And along with the speed of that sport, you have to do certain lifts that you know are going to show up in a competition. And you just stick to those lifts because you know that those are going to be the things that are in the competition. Even though that's not necessarily what functional fitness is. You know, if you give a fitness competitor a kettlebell and tell them to do something with it other than swing it or snatch it like they would see in a competition, I highly doubt they could perform that exercise with much proficiency. There's actually a video that went around a while back where some of the fittest CrossFitters in the world were given a a jump rope and told to do single unders in a workout. 
So this means your rope only goes under your feet once every time you jump. A few of them couldn't even do single unders because all they ever do with a jump rope is double unders. That's insane. Like functional fitness has been bastardized into this narrow window of movements in which athletes won't venture outside of for fear of taking up training time where they're trying to see how fast they can train to make them better at training quickly in competition. It's not making functional movers. It's not making true athletes. It's making athletes in this sport that honestly has a long way to go before it garners respect and legitimacy in the strength sport world. And the solution to this goes back to the coach. Coaches need to program workouts in class that aren't always scored and encourage athletes to focus on their movements and learning new movements rather than competing in your training in order to compete in the sport of training. If an athlete wants to compete, that's fine. And the coach should definitely help them prepare, but the emphasis needs to be more on holistically training a person rather than specializing in exercising quickly. Finally, we have people thinking that all functional fitness programs are CrossFit. That's one of the things that I think is not great about these competitions. For starters, CrossFit the program is not CrossFit the competition. CrossFit is what got me started in functional fitness and has done so much to get people into training more broadly and trying new movements that have a high carryover to things outside the gym. But CrossFit didn't invent the squat. They didn't invent overhead pressing or Olympic lifts. They didn't invent circuit training. They didn't invent sprints or obstacle courses. They just packaged and marketed it better than anyone ever did before them. So just because someone squats or uses kettlebells, does handstands or sprints, or does other varied movements, that doesn't make them a CrossFitter. It just means they see the value in components of multiple disciplines and have found their own way of putting it all together. So I think the sport of CrossFit is actually hurting functional fitness. Not because they're a competitor to other functional fitness brands or anything. My brand of functional fitness is very different from CrossFit, which is very different from a host of other hybrid programs. But when people see athletes dropping bars on their heads or flopping on a pull-up bar or anything else you see in like the fail compilations on YouTube, they're assuming that's what all functional fitness programs are like. Or even they're assuming that's what CrossFit is like. And I know a ton of, of good CrossFit coaches and a lot of bad CrossFit coaches. There's ways to do it right. Sadly, I don't see much of it being done right in these competitions. And the solution here is I'm trying to be part of it. We need coaches willing to coexist with CrossFitters and not view them as competition to the functional fitness uh, sphere that we live in. I created the Resilient Program with CrossFitters in mind because I know they're going to compete. I just want them to be well-rounded outside of their competing and be resilient to injuries that come up whenever you're doing this these high-intensity, very quick workouts. Resilient has slower movements and side-to-side and twisting elements and isometric holes and isolation movements for the hips and the back and the shoulders and all the things that they typically don't get in their training for competitions. But these things have served myself and my athletes well for years and can be done in their warm-ups and cool-downs. Okay, so we've gone through the good that I see in competitions. We've gone through the bad with some of my solutions for it. Now we're going to get into the ugly part. And I'm not going to get into anything about the director of the CrossFit Games because I don't really want this to be misconstrued as a personal attack. But let me just say, I do not think the workouts being programmed for the half a million people competing in the Open are responsible. And I think these workouts are hurting a lot of people while also giving functional fitness a bad name. People are enamored with the workouts in the CrossFit Open because they leave you feeling like you're going to die. 
but they are still only testing this narrow scope of fitness while having people move as fast as they possibly can and trying to get their first reps of a high skill movement while completely gassed and fatigued during a workout. Plus, at your local gym, you've got people cheering you on and you know that your first muscle up is gonna be both a hit for you and for CrossFit on Instagram. But where is the concern for athletes in all of this? Like are the heads of the games simply ignoring the fact that multiple high-level athletes drop out each week after these workouts, after getting injured? I mean, Dan Bailey and Graham Holmberg. Graham Holmberg has won the CrossFit Games at one point. Dan Bailey has come in third place. Both of them were injured after doing a squat clean at the end of a workout that was super high repetition, very high heart rate, squats and burpees, and then they had to do a max lift after that. And these are the fittest people in the world that are getting injured doing this. What do you think it looks like in these local gyms all around the world? Like I've heard of, of shoulder separations and Achilles tendon ruptures, herniated discs, uh, blown ACLs, all the things that people say are dangerous about CrossFit and giving functional fitness a bad name in general. And it's happening at the hands of the most influential body in functional fitness. But hey, you've got like half a million people paying 30 bucks each to compete. They're making tons of money on this competition. So really, why should they care? honestly, outside of the NFL, I don't know of a sport organization that so blatantly disregards the safety of the athletes competing. And apart from the safety, because we could definitely get into that more and more with all these high-level athletes that have been injured, but I have actual legitimacy issues with the way that they're running this competition. Since there's a lot on the line, they try to make these movement standards to keep athletes from cheating. But there's still a lot of cutting corners on movements for the sake of speed that just can't be avoided. So every year they try to make things different so that people can't cheat on certain movements. And that's not CrossFit's fault, but it, it is something that happened this year when, when they made a standard that was a, it was a super, super bad call. And it really fired me up about the way they're running this entire program. So for the handstand push-ups this year, the standard would start with the athlete's forearm being measured from their elbow to their knuckles, and they would stand up against a wall, and a line was, a draw, was drawn above their head, and then they would take the forearm measurement and go from the headline up to the end of the forearm distance and put a piece of tape. And this is the line that the athlete's heels would have to cross in order for a repetition to count when they were up in a handstand. And they would go down to their head touched and they would push up. And once their heels passed that piece of tape, that was a repetition. Now, personally, having a degree in exercise science and having a decade behind me of working with athletes, I immediately saw the problem with this. I thought, well, some people have extra long forearms and short upper arms, and this would actually make it physically impossible for their heels to cross that line. This actually was happened to a lot of athletes, but it actually happened at the live announcement of the fourth CrossFit Open workout. An athlete named Scott Panchik was measured up, and when he tried to rep, his heels didn't even hit the mark. They didn't come close. You can see this on the video on the CrossFit Games website and on YouTube. So his judge remeasures him to make sure she got it right. He still can't get a legit rep. So finally, in the background shot where a reporter is doing an interview, you see the director of the games go over, move the tape down, without remeasuring, move the tape down, and then Panchik kicked up and started hitting legit reps. So what happened here? Did the director change the line because he didn't think it through, this whole thing through, and didn't want to deal with the mess that would have been caused if Scott had not hit a single rep during this live announcement? Because Scott Panchik has been in the top 10 uh, finishers of the CrossFit 
open, the CrossFit games even. So it is not an issue with this guy's fitness at all. It was poor planning on the part of the designers of the workout standards. So then later that week, when other high-level athletes were trying this workout, a CrossFit Games competitor named Jacob Hepner, uh, he finished 11th in the world in the Open last year. He didn't even qualify for regionals this year after the handstand push-up standard made it impossible for him to hit repetitions. His forearm, or his radius, the bone in your forearm, is long, and his upper arm, or his humerus, is short. Now, this isn't the case with most of the population, but there's a lot of people where it is the case. And I know local athletes who had trouble hitting this, and he couldn't, he could, even like, he almost had to get up on his fingertips in his handstand in order to get his heels to pass that line. But Jacob came out and said that he refused to cheat and move his line down, just like we saw the director of the game do it for the live announcement. And he wasn't the only athlete this this affected. There were other athletes. Um, oh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. His first name is Friedrich. He's the, the boyfriend of Annie Thor's daughter who came in third last year. Now, there's a video of him getting frustrated punching a wall because he couldn't get his heels to get over the top. And he knows this is the standard. If you can't hit these reps, these athletes are not going to cheat because they, they hold themselves to a higher standard. They're just not going to make it to regionals or to the games this year because of this this blunder on, on the hands of the heads at CrossFit headquarters for the games. I know several local athletes who had the same issue. And I actually saw, conversely, people who the standard positively favored because they have short forearms and long upper arms. So it's one of those things that you, you can't make it fair for everybody, but this one was an absolute just mess. Uh, it, it, even on the, the demo video, CrossFitters Online have pointed out that you can see after the measurement is done for the, the woman who is demonstrating it, on the wall, you can see the word CrossFit written. You see the tape is actually lower on the wall than when the, at, when the athlete's performing the reps, lower than where it was when they measured her. I know this is a bit of a tangent. A prob- probably a lot of you don't care about this, but it's really fired me up this year that this company is making millions and millions of dollars off of a fitness competition that they aren't even fully competent to manage the rules of. And we've had other issues in the past of the standards not being well thought through, but this is the worst and has a lot of coaches and athletes upset. So maybe people will stop and realize this competition isn't being run well, legitimacy and safety-wise, and you start questioning why this event is so important to them. I can understand a local competition having some issues. We would always run into that of, of standards being strange at local competitions. They just didn't think it through. But when you have this many people competing under your brand, you need to think about things a lot more to make your competition safe and fair for everyone. And then don't change the rules to cover up the fact that you don't know what you're doing. So I want to stop my rant there. And I'm going to finish with this. If you are an athlete and you enjoy fitness competitions... That's awesome. Do them, have fun with them, just understand that you need to address your total fitness outside of competing. You need to be smart about what you do in these competitions for the sake of speed and please listen to your body to avoid injuries. Don't be afraid to drop out or even pace out an event if you deem it unsafe for yourself. And don't view these competitions as an actual legitimate test of your fitness. They are a sport, not a test battery of health markers. Now coaches, you need to monitor your athletes' intensity throughout the weeks, months, and entire year to make sure they aren't always in competition mode when training. And then design workouts with multiplanar movements and try things that are outside of the lines that are drawn with these competitions that are really not important to your clients' and athletes' health and well-being. 
If you think something isn't safe, please tell your athletes. You are their coach. They look up to you and they trust you to help them reach their goals while staying injury free. Then on to competition directors, you guys need to get smart. Study up on exercise physiology, get certifications outside of a single company, construct workouts that are truly a test of, of a broad range of fitness in a safe manner, uh, go get some outside help, and think through each element to make sure it's not going to hurt or favor certain athletes. Don't assume a hard workout is a good workout. Not all good workouts are hard, and not all hard workouts are good. And finally, to all of you listening, understand that the sport of functional fitness and functional fitness itself are two very different things. Don't confuse training to become better at everyday tasks, avoiding injuries, and improving quality of life with training to see who can be the best at exercising really fast. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you would like to see how we do functional fitness here at Straight Shot, head over to our website, straightshottraining.com, to sign up for a subscription to our comprehensive strength and conditioning program. If you want a mobility and prehab program to address the issues holding you back from moving well, check out our program, Resilient, perfect for fitness competitors to help you all stay safe and move efficiently while in your competitions. If you could leave us a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on and then share this with a friend, that would be awesome. Thanks again, and have a great week, everybody. 